DJ, PK, and we're joined now by John Clayton. You remember him from ESPN. He's a contributing columnist at the Washington Post and a host on 710 ESPN Seattle. John, good morning. Good morning, guys. So I guess the question here with the NFL draft looming is, are we going to see any craziness because they're doing this virtual draft, social distancing? Will that lead to some miscommunication and some foul up and someone's going to, something's going to get messed up and it's going to become legend? Yeah, I would think so. Because, you know, and you know how it is right now in, in radio, when you have, uh, you know, everybody uh, working from home on uh, Wi-Fi and, you know, Comrexes and things like that. I mean, how many times does somebody, you know, blink out and all this? So, you know, like, for example, you worry about maybe being in Tampa or something like that, if there's going to be a big lightning storm or thunderstorm or something like that. So you figure that there's going to be things that can go wrong, and it's going to be so different in that regard. But in the end, everybody has to try to figure out how to make it work. Because, again, I think it's the wise thing to go ahead with the draft because try to push it back. You don't know when to be able to push it back. I mean, it could be back to July if possible. So, no, I think you just go ahead and make the best of the bad situation. Well, John, I am sitting at home using my Comrex right now, so hopefully that you didn't jinx me and that uh, everything goes well. (laughs) I saw that you wrote a piece that, uh, you know, because of this unique situation, it may hinder trades, but you think that trades are still going to happen. We can't predict that, but what are you looking at as far as activity? Well, I go back three years, and the reason I went back three years is now you have the compensatory picks, the 32 compensatory picks that were going to be tradable. And so in those three years, you know, it was 111 trades, an average of 37 a year, and 23 of them on the average were in the third day of the draft. And so what I think you'll see, pretty much the normal level for what happens in the first two rounds because, you know, you certainly, like, for example, I know Bob Quinn, the manager, general manager of the Detroit Lions today, said that uh, if he trades from three, he'll have the deal done by Thursday afternoon. And so I think some of those pre-deals can be done, and you still have 10 minutes to work a trade, so I think that can happen. In the second round, you got seven minutes. That's still possible. When you get to the third round and you go through six, I mean, you only have five minutes. That may not be enough time. So I think you're going to see probably half the number of trades in the third day of the draft. And you only have four minutes in the seventh round. So I think you'll see a cut down there. And, again, the key is, I mean, you've got to make the trades and then still be able to get the picks in and get the trade information. I mean, if you have some complicated trade with uh, a fourth-round pick next year and blah, 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 it just may take too much time. Obviously, among the local players we're following here, there's several There's several good stories. Quarterbacks, well, it's, it's quarterback. It's always a huge story. So where does Jordan Love stack up among the quarterbacks? How quickly are the quarterbacks going to go off the board, and where do you think Jordan might end up? Well, certainly Joe Burrow is going to go number one to Cincinnati, and then it's a matter uh, what do the Chargers want to do because the Chargers are sitting at six. And I think Tom Telesco has a history of being worried about players with injury histories. And so because of that, and I think that uh, that would probably prevent him from wanting to take Tua, so he may have to trade up to three to get Justin Herbert. And then uh, Tua goes number five to Miami. And then figuring out where Jordan Love goes is probably the biggest mystery of all because he's a top 14, top 15 pick. But, you know, it's kind of like the situation – years ago with Aaron Rodgers because I remember uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was sitting there and it was 2005 and he drops all the way down to 24 
<laughs> because what you have is a lot of AFC teams and a lot of teams that may not be looking for quarterbacks. Either have young quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are taken care of. So he could go 23. He could go somewhere like that. But the, you know, the only thing holding back Jordan Love right now is the teams in need of quarterbacks. So in virtually every mock draft, and I've looked probably at about 25 of them, I'm looking at one right now. Pretty much everybody has, in one order or another, the Dolphins taking a quarterback at five, the Chargers taking a quarterback at six, and we'll see how that plans out, whether it's Herbert or Tagovailoa, vice versa, whatever it might be. But my thought for you, with it seems like a consensus that the Dolphins are going to go with a quarterback, uh, does that mean Josh Rosen is going to go the way of Matt Leinard as far as being a bust? Yeah, it's pretty much the same situation he was experiencing in Arizona that uh, you know most likely they'll have to end up trading him or seeing if there is an ability to trade him. Now, again, the trade market is not going to be necessarily as good as last year for trading a quarterback like Josh Rosen. But I think the one thing, and again, we always, we always have to put the difference this year with the virus and what's going on because the expectation for all rookies has to be less. And so, for example, I mean, there's a thought going around the league that virtually none of these quarterbacks that are drafted could have enough time to be ready to be starters in the NFL because you don't have an offseason program. You don't have, you may have a shortened training camp. I mean, there's so many things that work against them. Maybe that gives Josh Rosen, because he was there last year, the chance to maybe stay on the team and then uh, to a has a chance to just, you know, sit, 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 and then at some point start. But I think you have to put that into a factor. And, in fact, because we still don't know for sure, you know, if there's going to be a 16-game season. And so because of that, you don't know if there's going to be a delay in the start of the season. So that, that those factor in there, too. That's why if you're Miami and you think two is the best quarterback, which I think they do, you take him. And, but, uh, you know, for Rosen, probably it's not a good situation for him. John Clayton joining us here. And so, John, when you're talking to people or texting with people and they can talk privately and tell you what they really think, what do they think the NFL season is going to look like? Will it start on time or late? Will there be fans or not? Will it be 16 games or not? You, you can have the opinions, but nobody knows for sure. I mean, because, again, you know, there's still time, but certainly – it's going to be so different. I mean, for example, what you're looking at in Los Angeles, the mayor and everybody in politics there says that they see no way that you're going to have any type of uh, game with fans in uh, probably the whole state of California. You probably throw in uh, New Jersey, too, because of how bad things have been. And so now what you have to consider is that uh, you know there may be – you know, games now, uh, and maybe a lot of games played, but no fans in there. And so uh, I know the contingencies right now, they, they're they going to put some of the non-division games up in the first four weeks because if they need to eliminate games and go to a 14-game schedule, they'll wipe two weeks out there. They'll wipe two more weeks out of the second part to go to a 12-game schedule. But, you know, still there's the looming possibility that uh, you may see football with no fans in. We already know from the college standpoint there's a growing likelihood that they're because they need the fans, they probably will wait till February and go February to May. But I think there's, you know, but no, no from the NFL standpoint, nobody knows for sure. Speaking of nobody knows for sure, what do you think the Patriots are going to do as far as their quarterback position? Is it going to be involved with some trades or drafts? I think right now, no, let's say that Tua does drop. 
then I can see the possibility of them trading up and getting Tua. But uh, if not, I mean, they can go for Jordan Love at 23. More likely than not, they'll take a position player. And then I think in the second, third round, that's when they'll start looking for quarterbacks, whether it's going to be Jalen Hurst or Jake Fromm or somebody like that. It could be uh, you know, Jason Eason or Jacob Eason. I mean, so they're going to take somebody in the first three rounds. But at least the plan right now seems to be they like Jared Stidham. And so they're going to probably go with him and Brian Hoyer and then groom a quarterback uh, from the draft behind those two. John Clayton joining us, Washington Post contributing columnist, host on 710 ESPN Seattle to talk NFL draft. The Utes are going to have a lot of players drafted. It seems like a half dozen is a lock, and possibly it'll be more than that. You have a line on how many guys will be drafted and how many of them will go the first two days and have a really good chance of making rosters. Uh, you know, the one thing is, is that uh, you know, with the rosters expanding a little bit, I mean, it gives most of the players a good chance to go. But uh, you know, you know, when you start to look at the uh, the list right now, you know, I didn't have as many going in the first three rounds. But uh, clearly, I mean, what, what are we looking at? Probably five, four or five, maybe six guys. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, Jalen Johnson yeah. being a potential first round pick. Yeah, and because I have him right now. Uh, pretty much right on the fringe of you know being in the first round, you know because obviously there's some injury situations and that. But uh, you know he should be in pretty good shape. You know that's the one thing. I mean it's a really good cornerback class. It's a phenomenal wide receiver class. Uh, and now because again I had 18 receivers going in the first three rounds, and you know you're going to get third round grades that'll go into the fourth and fifth round on the wide receivers. Zach Moss at running back. I know he's one of the 58 players who's been invited. Do you? Think- think he's a second or third round guy yeah i I wouldn't be surprised if uh seattle would take him in the uh because they have two low picks including the 32nd pick in the second round i think he could be a candidate there now again it's not a matter of him starting it's a matter because chris carson's a starter and a real good one but he's coming off a hip injury uh and had hip surgery Uh, so it's like no surgery but a hip injury and uh, Rashad Penny is coming off an ACL, and the earliest he's going to be able to go probably is going to be seven weeks into the season. So I could see Moss being the big type of back that uh, you know could go there. You speak of, John, of receivers being a great class, and, and a lot of mock drafts have several receivers going in the first round. I wanted to ask you, do you think in, in the way the NFL is constituted today, not a top flight uh, DeAndre Hopkins or Jerry, Judy, and whoever might be in this particular draft. Not a top-flight kid at receiver, but say a decent receiver. In today's NFL, is his value more than a better-than-average running back? Uh, yeah, I would say, well, I don't know. Right now, it's, it's interesting because you know receivers make more money than running backs, and we put Christian McCaffrey aside but uh, you know you're watching guys that you never expected. You know, like for example, nobody did anybody expect Michael Thomas to emerge as one of the best uh, wide receivers in the league, and Cortland Sutton going to the Pro Bowl. You're seeing a lot of guys. I mean, DJ Clark uh, having you know so, so I think that right now you know you have a better chance if you're a second, third rounder to establish yourself at wide receiver in this passing league. But also, what you're seeing is that the running back position is that uh, you know everybody wants. 
multiple type running backs, you know, because you know you have your third down uh, back on passing downs, you have your power back on rundowns, and you know most of the top teams in the league, you know, have to establish a good running game, and they may have they, they may be by committee, you know, eight, usually what eight, nine teams that uh, make the playoffs are going to be teams in the top, say, 13 or 14 rushing the football. So, you know, it's like uh, you can maybe not get the money at running back, but you can certainly establish yourself a little bit faster at wide receiver. Maybe not in the first year, but by the second year and the third year, because sometimes that conversion for a wide receiver is more difficult than it is for a running back. Utes have a history of putting defensive linemen in the NFL. Uh, Bradley and I, Lucky Foe, too. What do you think might happen to these guys in the draft? Yeah, I'd say right now that uh, they're like second and third round. I mean, this is not a great year for edge rushers, but certainly because, uh, again, there may only be uh, as few as three maybe four that'll go in the first round. But uh, when you start to get into the second round, there's a lot of options there. And so it's just a matter of you know, which teams are looking. But that's the one thing you know, that kind of hurts a little bit because most teams have made their moves, whether it's for a 3-4 outside linebacker or a 4-3 defensive end. And so that draws things down a little bit. We watched that in free agency with wide receivers because what happened with the wide receivers is they thought they were going to get 10 or $11 million, but with so many wide receivers in the draft, that pulled things down. And so just, it's good. So, so some of those defensive edge rushers will drop at the you know, second, third round seems to be the nature. Did uh, David Locke grate on your nerves when he worked in Seattle? <laughs> no, I was, we, we got along great. He grates on our nerves. He's a good. He's a good man. I meant I miss talking to him. Oh, okay. Well, we have him on every week. We maybe we should get you on, and you should surprise him one week. That'd be fun. Bust his chops. We'd love that. Sometimes he got a little crazy on some of the basketball stuff. Yeah, is that a surprise? <laughs> Not really. Breaking down the numbers. Well, he said to say hi. We had him on. Uh, we had him on a little earlier, and he said to say hi to you. He says there were some good times up there in Seattle. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, John, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and talking about the NFL draft with us. Okay. Thank you.